Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. And in uh, verse 4, we'll just read several of these scriptures here just to draw the uh, name to our attention. So Isaiah chapter 47 and verse 4, it says, And as for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 48 verse 2, the same thought we have, For they shall call themselves of the holy city and stay themselves upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. Isaiah 51 just a number from Isaiah, Isaiah 51 and verse 15. Uh, but I am the Lord thy God that divideth the sea, whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name. Isaiah 54. Many, many references as we'll see. Isaiah 54 and uh, verse 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. And let's just look at a couple in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 10. All these references are on your uh, notes here. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 16. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things. And Israel is the rod of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. And then just uh, several verses from Jeremiah 51. It's one way to get to know your Bible. Jeremiah 51 and uh, verses 19 and 57 and 58. We have the same thought again. Uh, The same as we read in the previous verse, but the last part. The Lord of hosts is his name. And verse 57. Thus says uh, the Lord, And I will make drunk her princes and her wise men, her captains and her rulers, and her mighty men, and they shall sleep a perpetual sleep, and shall not wake, saith the king whose name is the Lord of hosts. And then in uh, verse 58, the very first part, thus says the Lord of hosts. Uh, So as we have on our notes here, this redemptive name of God is used about uh, 374 times in the Old Testament and is generally uh, put in such a way, the Lord of hosts is his name. Let's go over just to the two references in the New Testament. And here uh, from from the Hebrew thought of the Lord of hosts, uh, it's translated in the New Testament uh, as the Lord of Sabaoth. So Romans 9, 29, it's only used uh, twice specifically in this manner in the New Testament, but the same uh, thought which has been in the foundation of the Old Testament, Romans 9 and 29, in the chapters concerning uh, the Jew and Gentile being grafted into the olive tree. Uh, and as Isaiah, as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Saboth, or the Lord of hosts, had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom and been like, made like unto, the, unto Gomorrah. So the Lord of Saboth, and then the only other reference we have specifically to this name in this uh, way is James chapter 5. James chapter 5 and verse 4. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Okay, let's move on to section C here. And from uh, the concordance, uh, 
in the strong Sabaoth of Hebrew origin, and uh, it literally means army. So this gives us the thought here now, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies. Uh, you'll see in the, several of the verses we've read tonight that the, the Lord is the king, and associated with the king is the name, the redemptive name, the Lord of hosts. Uh, this will be more meaningful to us as we move on. So uh, the Sabaoth is the Lord of armies. And uh, it's a military epithet of God, and translated simply Sabaoth. And uh, from the Old Testament, it's a mass of persons. It should be person, not person, persons, or figuratively things, uh, especially uh, organized for war. So a mass of persons or things organized for war, an army, and by implication, a campaign, literally or figuratively, and it's translated like a point in time, army, battle, company, host, service, soldiers, war, or warfare. So uh, in summarizing our, the interpretation of the redemptive name, we have Jehovah of hosts, Je Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. Uh, Jehovah, as we've seen in our previous studies, is Redeemer. The Lord is our Redeemer, so we have the thought of redemption always in these compound redemptive names. And then Jehovah, uh, the Lord of hosts, Je Jehovah Sabaoth, is the God of armies, the Redeemer, and the one who's uh, in charge of the armies, the hosts of heaven, and everything like that. The Lord of armies, the Lord of hosts. All right, uh, number D here, moving on to D, the hosts of the enemies. Throughout the scripture, we see the hosts of enemies against the people of God. And uh, we've just put a few scriptures here, but you'll find always, with, uh, they were always frightening as to their numbers and their armies and their weapons and the overwhelming power uh, that was through their uh, uh, numbers. And uh, so I put about six things particularly there. Let's just look at a couple of these scriptures. When Israel was in bondage, as we saw uh, many weeks ago on, our, on the beginning of our series on the redemptive names, uh, we see how Pharaoh's hosts came after them. Let's uh, go to a couple of these scriptures. Exodus 14. This is a uh, redemptive name that is not talked too much about, uh, but uh, it is a redemptive name and I trust that we appreciate the Lord in this redemptive name uh, by the time we're through on our session tonight. Alright, uh, Exodus chapter 14. In chapter 12, we remember the Passover lamb, chapter 13, they're crossing uh, the Red Sea, chapter 13 and 14, they're coming to cross the Red Sea. And uh, so in uh, Exodus 14, and we'll pick up in verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Pihahiroth. I had a name like that, I changed it to Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Pihah, I guess that would be abbreviation. Uh, between Migdal and the sea over against Baal Zephon. Uh, Baal Zephon, I think uh, David Sir would say, Baal. Something like that. How's that? A little bit of Hebrew with an Australian accent. Before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, the wilderness has shut them in. And now we come to verse 4. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them, and I will be honoured upon Pharaoh and upon all his host that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. We have the host of the Egyptians, Pharaoh and his host, in verse uh, 24. And it came to pass in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host 
of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. All right? So Pharaoh's host. Let's go over to uh, one verse in Judges chapter 4. Find always the, uh, the enemies of the people of God were always in a mighty host. And so, as we've been seeing together, that wherever there is a need of man, there is a redemptive name of God to meet that need. So, compound need, compound redemptive names, always the name of the Redeemer, the name of God, associated with some need of man. So, wherever the enemies of God were, there was a redemptive name to meet that need. Alright, so Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. Judges 4 and uh, verse 2. And the Lord sold them, uh, that's Israel, into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in Harasheth of the Gentiles. So uh, Sisera was the captain of the host here, and then uh, the host of the enemy. And so through Judges, we won't turn to these other scriptures, but we have the, in Judges 7, the hosts of Midian, the Midianites that came against Israel, and they were like uh, grasshoppers for numbers. In uh, 1 Samuel, in the time of King Saul and King David, we have the hosts of the Philistines uh, coming against the people of God. In the book of Kings, uh, we see the rise of Syria, and uh, we can relate to things even in the Middle East today. The, the hosts of Assyria, Assyria, not Assyria, but the hosts of Syria coming against the people of God. And in the uh, Babylonian captivity, in Second Kings chapter 25, verse 1, we have the hosts of Babylon. So over and over again, this expression is used of the hosts of the enemies, the armies of the enemies, the military army and the campaigns against the people of God. Uh, and it's always prophetic of the armies of Satan's kingdom against the people of God's kingdom. And then at number seven here, the ultimate of all this, of course, is found in the book of Revelation, where we see the armies and hosts of Antichrist coming against Christ and his army. Uh, the final battle and warfare against God, his Christ and his people, the battle of Armageddon. So it uh, gives you sort of an overview of the use of this expression, hosts. All right, now let's uh, go over to section E, and we want to spend uh, a little bit more time on this section here. All right, the hosts of the enemies, here we have E, the hosts of the Lord God. Now, as we look at the scripture on this expression, the hosts, uh, we find that it actually sort of breaks down into three groupings here. And as we've got on our notes here, the scripture shows that all the hosts of heaven and earth and creation are at the disposal and use of the Lord. He is the Lord of hosts. So let's see how it's used of creation, of the angels, of Israel, and then of the ark of the Lord. Let's look at a couple of these scriptures. The first uh, uh, specific use of this word is found in Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And it's... Uh, very interesting, as we've said on the beginning of our notes, that this, this name of God, this redemptive name of God, the Lord of hosts, is used about 374 times. Probably more, not probably, it is used more than any other compound redemptive name in the total biblical revelation. 
If we take up uh, the name of Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our, uh, our peace, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord my banner, and we put all the combined uh, redemptive names, compound redemptive names together, uh, none of them will amount to this many. So uh, what I'm saying here is we need to major on the majors and not major on the minors. And God majors on this name. And uh, by the time we're through with our study, I think we'll appreciate this name more. The Lord of hosts is with us. Jehovah Sabaoth. All right, let's look at the first use of this uh, word hosts in Genesis chapter 2. And this is uh, uh, in the seventh day of creation. Uh, six days of creation, seventh day rest. And so we've got thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. God blessed the seventh day and sanctified. So here we have the first use of this expression, host, the heavens and the earth. Uh, God finished all the host of them. So we think of the millions and billions of stars, the Milky Way, the milkshake, and just everything. So the heaven and the earth and all the host of them were created by God. Everything's at his disposal. All right? Uh, uh, in these other scriptures here, we find that God forbids Israel to worship any of the host of heaven. Uh, worship of the sun, worship of the moon, worship of the planets, all forbidden by these scriptures. And I've just put several references there, but uh, sufficient on that to note is that the sun, the moon, the stars, and the heavens and earth are all part of the host of, of the Lord, the host of heaven. All right, let's go to number two. And uh, the second way, this uh, second grouping of the hosts of the Lord, the armies of the Lord, everything that's at his disposal is the host of the angels. Let's look at Genesis uh, chapter 32. Genesis 32. And this is in relation to Jacob. The Lord has told Jacob to return to his country now after a number of years. And of course, Jacob has uh, his uh, wives and his children and all the, uh, his uh, sheep and goats, everything that he's got uh, while being uh, Laban's uh, servant. And he's full of fear. And he's fearful, particularly in this chapter, of meeting Esau, his brother that he uh, bought the birthright off many years ago, about 20 years ago. So in Genesis chapter 32 and verse 1 and 2. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim, which is two hosts or two camps. So the angels of God, and when Jacob saw the angels of God, he said, This is God's host. So why did Jacob need to fear when he had the hosts of God with him? The angel of the Lord encampeth round them that fear him. All right, in Psalm 103, I'd like you to look at uh, these two scriptures too. Psalm 103 and verse, uh, uh, verse 20 to 20, verses 20 to 22. So we have the hosts of creation at God's disposal and we have the angelic hosts at God's disposal. Uh, all right, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, 
And verses 20 uh, to 22, Psalm 103, verse 20 to 22. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, mighty in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of, a of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So, uh, bless the Lord, ye his angels. The angels excel in strength. They do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word, and his hosts and their ministers. Angels are sent forth uh, as ministering spirits to those who are the heirs of salvation, uh, the book of Hebrews tells us. Psalm 148, while we're in the book of Psalms. Psalm 148 and verse 2. And here we have in connection with the angels, the word hosts also. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all ye hosts. All his hosts. So, uh, the hosts of creation. And here we have the angelic hosts. The, the angels are ministers and a great host of God. Alright, number three. The third way this uh, word is used, or the third grouping. So we have the hosts of God's creation. The angelic host, and here we have uh, this word is used of Israel. Uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 38, I'll just quote to you because uh, we're familiar with this one, we've used it a lot. Israel is spoken of as the church in the wilderness. So here God's church in the wilderness is also called God's host. Let's go to Exodus chapter 12, Exodus 12, and we've had uh, cause to refer to this chapter over our series together, Exodus 12, and verse 41. Exodus 12, and verse uh, 41. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day, God's always on time all the time, even the selfsame day it came to pass, that all the hosts of the Lord, in other uh, verses here it says the armies of the Lord, uh, like in verse uh, 17, ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. And now in verse 41, uh, even the selfsame day it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Let's go over just to a couple of verses in Numbers chapter 2 because uh, this word is used many, many times in this chapter, Numbers 2. And in this chapter we have where the Lord uh, told Moses to number all the children of Israel, to number all the tribes. And so we have the number of the tribes, but the, in connection with the numbering we have this uh, expression, the host, all their host. Uh, for instance, in verse 4, uh, verse 3 and 4, and on the east side toward the rising of the sun shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nashon, the son of Aminadab, shall be captain of the children of Judah and his host. And those that were numbered uh, of them were three score and 14,600. So uh, three words we have linked up together here. Armies, captain, host. Armies. Captain Host. Those three words are sort of linked all the way through, uh, through this chapter. Go down to verse uh, 9, for instance. Uh, throughout their armies. Throughout their armies. In verse uh, 10. 
On the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben, according to their armies. And the captain of the children of Reuben shall be uh, Elijah, the son of uh, Shedeur, and his host. And so right through that, th those 30 verses, we have those three words that are linked. Israel is the army of the Lord, or the armies of the Lord. They have a captain over the armies of the Lord, and those armies represented the hosts of God, God's host, the, uh, uh, the hosts of the Lord that were numbered. All right, uh, let's go to First uh, Samuel chapter 4. This is on uh, number 4 here, and the section here, E. And uh, here we have one of the titles given to the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Uh, the Ark is named by, uh, or designated by various designations, but uh, we have this peculiar expression, and only used once of the Ark of the Lord, but it connects the redemptive name of God with the Ark. And we remember that it's the Ark that goes out to battle, it's the Ark that opened the Red Sea, the Ark of the Lord. So in 1 Samuel chapter 4, and uh, verse 4. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring forth from thence the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant, the covenant name, the covenant Ark, the dwelling place of the presence of God, although here it's degenerated into superstitious uh, nonsense, but it's still the Ark of God. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. But we have uh, this expression, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts. Um, I want, uh, this scripture is not on your notes, but let's go over to Second Samuel. I'd like you to add this to this uh, part here. Second Samuel uh, chapter 6. Second Samuel chapter 6. And see the significance of this. So the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, you can just put down verses uh, 1 and 2, and particularly verse 2 we're after. So I'll read it and then just uh, make comment here. Again David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baali of Judah, to bring up from thence the ark of God, and here's what I want you to note, the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And the marginal reference of the uh, King James says, uh, to bring up from thence the ark of God at which the name, even the name of the Lord of hosts was called upon it that dwells between the cherubims. Now what I'm saying here is, of all the articles of furniture in the tabernacle of Moses, the brazen altar, the laver, the golden candlestick, the lampstand, the table of showbread, the altar of incense, there was only one article that the name of the Lord was distinctly called upon, and that was the Ark of the Covenant. And upon that Ark, the redemptive name was put. And uh, other scriptures confirm that. So, uh, were two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And, and, the, and the Ark of the Covenant, that was the only article upon which God's presence and glory dwelt. And it was the Ark from which he, he spoke. So all the other articles of furniture took their character and their meaning from the Ark. 
because it was upon the ark the presence of the Lord dwelt. That's where his name was called, the redemptive name. And so uh, let, me, let me read that verse again in the light of that. And David rose and went uh, with all the people that with him from Bali to Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God. And as we saw in uh, Samuel, it's the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, uh, Jehovah Sabaoth. And here uh, to bring up the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, or the margin at which the name... Even the name of the Lord of hosts was called upon that dwells between the cherubim. So the Ark of the Covenant, very meaningful here. The Ark of the Covenant, the Lord of hosts, the name of the Lord, uh, the name, that redemptive name, the covenant name, and here uh, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. And no wonder uh, everybody was scared wherever the Ark went. Wherever the Ark of God went because the, the, that was the dwelling place of the name of the Lord. All right, let's uh, just read the comments we have on our note here. Under section 4, all the hosts of God are at his hand. The hosts of creation, the angelic hosts, hosts of Israel representing the church, the people of God, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Uh, all the hosts of God are at his hand and all will be used in his service as needed against the hosts of Satan's army. And it's significant to take uh, some of the things we've just looked at under the hosts of creation, the angelic host, the hosts of Israel, and the ark. You'll find that every one of these things are in the book of Revelation. And in the book of Revelation, as I put on your notes, all are used in final judgments against Satan and his evil hordes, whether spirits, principalities, powers, or unregenerated mankind. So you think in the book of Revelation how God takes the host of creation because Revelation basically is a book of judgment. It's not a book of blessing. There's blessing to those who read and hear and observe and keep it. But basically the book is a book of judgment. It begins, judgment begins at the house of God. So the first few chapters, Christ in the middle of his church with feet of brass, judging sin in the churches. Then it ends up with a great white throne judgment and Satan being thrown in the lake of fire. So it's basically a book of judgment. So uh, we see, the, though the expression Jehovah Sabaoth is not used in Revelation, the whole revelation of that redemptive name is there. And so what do we see God doing? First of all, he starts with the hosts of creation and in the seals and the trumpets and the vials, those three sevens of judgments, he uses the sun. Then he uses the moon. Then the stars fall. So he uses the heavenly, the host of creation. So men are scorched with fire. Wouldn't like it too much hotter than it was in Jakarta this week. I've had holy sweat running down my legs all the week, it feels. <laughs> now I'm shivering. <laughs> Praise God. But uh, when the moon turns to blood, nobody's jumping up and down and sending a telegram to Russia and saying, Congratulations on turning the moon red, which they threatened to do. God, God said, I'll turn the moon red. And when it happens, the kings and the rulers of the earth are terrified. They, hide, they say, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. The great day of his wrath has come. They're not saying, hallelujah, this, the moon's had another eclipse that we just missed. Okay? So God uses the hosts of creation, the sun, the moon, and the stars, to judge the man that creation fell with. Then in the book of Revelation, we see the angels really busy. 
to the angels, go and pour your vials out on the earth. To the angels in the Middle East, the river Euphrates, four of them are holding up there that the way of the kings of the east be prepared and all that's involved in that. And to the angels, restrain the winds until we seal the servants of God. To the angels, you go and touch the sun. To the angels, you go and touch this. To another angel. So the ministry of angels, see all the hosts of angels. And then of course, what's the church doing in book of Revelation? No, you're not, but you will judge angels. So God's people are there. And then right in Revelation chapter 11, in fact, let's just look at that verse of Revelation 11. It's sort of almost the heart of the book. Revelation chapter 11 and uh, verse 19. Revelation 11, 19, the ark. And the temple of God was opened where? Not in Jerusalem, no rebuilt temple. The temple of God was opened in heaven. And there was seen in his temple the ark of the covenant, the ark of his testament. And what happened? There were lightnings, voices, thunderings, earthquake and great hail. And all those things are symbolic of God coming into activity, coming into uh, active judgment in relation to the sins that are taking place in the book of Revelation. See how when we talk about the host of the Lord, creation, angels, the church in the New Testament, the ark of the covenant of the Lord, all used in judgment in the book of Revelation. Now, I want you to turn to two uh, great scriptures here that sort of uh, clinch, I trust, everything we've been saying. Let's go to Joshua chapter 5. Just for our last few moments, Joshua chapter 5. And uh, this word should encourage us. So thank you, Lord, for your redemptive names. And know God as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Jehovah Roy, the Lord my shepherd. Do I know him personally as Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts? Okay, Joshua chapter 5, and in this chapter they're, they're ready to cross over Jericho. They are scared to death of what's going to happen because they've been told to conquer the land and then there's all the Hittites, the Parasites, the, the Phariseeites and all the otherites in the land that I get their names mixed up. And so they're scared to death. And so in verse 13, Joshua is standing by Jericho. How is he going to conquer Jericho and the host of Jericho, the great city there, as they're making a spearhead into about the center of the land from which they're going to work the northern and southern campaigns to conquer the land. So Joshua's by Jericho and all of a sudden he lift up his eyes and whenever you have that expression, lift up his eyes, there's, there's actually a, an illumination inside, an opening coming, he's seeing something. And he looked and there was a man. And the man over against him. And he's got a drawn sword. He's ready for battle. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, I'm here to take over. He said, No, as, but as captain of the host of the Lord. Margin says prince. 
as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And, and jo- you don't do this for everybody that you know is around. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and says unto him, what says my Lord unto his servant? Now, Joshua is a captain. Moses was a prophet. He left a captain in charge after he disappeared from the scene. But here's the captain, servant submitting to the captain. And the captain of the Lord's host, see, here's the whole thing. The captain of the host, we sing it, and the captain of the host is Jesus. We're following in his footsteps, see. So we sing these names and don't always understand sometimes what we're singing. The captain of the host is Jesus. We're following in his footsteps. Well, who is the captain of the host? Who's Jehovah Sabaoth? Who's the Lord of hosts? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Loose your shoe from off your foot, for the place whereon you stand is holy ground. And Joshua did so. And so, uh, as we've got on our notes, it's a theophany, it's a Christophany. The Lord Jesus Christ, drawn sword, ready for warfare. The prince, holy ground. On the basis of holiness only could there be victory. And then we put a bunch of scriptures there. Messiah the Prince, the Prince of Life, Prince of the Saviour, Prince of the Host, Prince of Princes, Prince of the Kings of the Earth, and King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's go quickly to Second Chronicles, Second Kings, I'm sorry, chapter 6, and finish with this beautiful story. And this is what we all need. Second Kings, chapter 6. And here, as I referred to earlier, we have the hosts of Syria coming against the people of God. The hosts of Syria. And uh, uh, God is giving Elisha a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. So uh, Elisha sends to the king of Israel a word of knowledge. Don't go here. And then he gave him a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. He said, this is where the Assyrians are going to come. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Don't go here. Go around this way. So it gives of the Spirit operating here. And so in verse 13, um, he said, go and spy where he is. This is uh, Syria now who's trying to find out where Elisha is. Uh, that I may send and fetch him. It was told him, saying, he's in Dothan. Therefore send he thither, send he thither, hither, thither, horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city. And when the servant of the man of God was risen in the morning, the margin says, the minister of the man of God was risen early in the morning and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his, his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Here it is. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. How we need to lay hold of that. Because when we look at the situation, we think it's just helpless and hopeless. There's, there's more sinners than there is Christians. Well, what we need is verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And what did he see? He saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Whose horses and chariots were there? Who were they? Captain of the Lord's host. Horses and chariots, horses and chariots, he's thrown into the sea. So God has a lot of horses and chariots. In fact, I'm going to be riding on a white horse when I come back the second time with Jesus. 
You're getting your horse ready. You're learning how to ride your horse. How many are coming back on the horses? Revelation 19 says, I saw heaven opened and he on the white horse and the armies that followed him were on white horses. How do you think Elisha got to heaven in a whirlwind? Chariots and horses took him up. Supernatural transport. So I believe it's a prayer that we need to pray, Lord, open our eyes. More they that are with us than they that are with the, with the enemy. He's Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. Amen. All right, let's stand up and have a word of prayer. And then parents, make sure you pick up your children. They're not running back. It's good to be back with you. And we'll share with you Sunday morning on just my two weeks while Richard's got another four weeks. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you again for the privilege of sharing together in your inexhaustible word. We pray that the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher and the unction abides within, will take this additional redemptive name and make it real in our hearts and in our experience. We thank you, Lord. You are Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah uh, our shepherd, the Lord our banner, the Lord our victory, the Lord our peace. But tonight, Lord, we acknowledge you as Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. And that more are they that are with us, even though we as the people of God feel we're in the minority, the Lord, all the hosts of heaven are with the redeemed. We thank you for this redemptive name. Help us to walk in the truth of it, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Just let your presence abide with us until we gather on the weekend. May we come with hearts full of expectancy, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith and the captain of our salvation. We ask it in his own wonderful name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All God's people said amen. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books and his ministry.